Hey everyone, this is Zach, and this is the first episode of the Crony Pains Podcast. This has been something I've wanted to do for a very, very long time. It's about something that's very near and dear to me. I was personally diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was about 17 years old, actually right after I had turned 17, and it's been something that I've been struggling with. I'm 25 now, and I've done a lot of different things, had a lot of different experiences, not only having a form of IBD, but just life in general. I think being diagnosed at such a young age kind of brought a uniqueness to the situation just because it was such a interesting phase of my life where you're still trying to learn who you are and at the same time you have something kind of knocking on the door at all times at random times and you can never really track it 100% and it kind of just sneaks up on you when you do have a flare but we'll kind of get into that kind of stuff later but like I said uh, 1.6 million people here in the United States have a form of IBD or uh, inflammatory bowel diseases Um, one of those that are a part of that family are is Crohn's disease. Another one would be ulcerative colitis. There's a lot more others, but basically, I wanted to create this podcast to be kind of a resource to some some people out there that have this, and you know, to realize that you aren't alone in the struggle. Uh, there's a lot of different things that you can do, but I think this is a great way to interact with people and create a a good group a good loyal group of people that can are here to support each other and help each other out and i just definitely been something very very important to me anyways let's get started guys so when i was growing up uh not much to say that was very different from my childhood to many other people's uh, i was had a very good childhood normal upbringing i played sports hung out with friends and family on the weekends you know doing the basic thing through grade school And when I was at right around August before I turned 17, I was 16 and a half. I remember getting my symptoms for the first time and I didn't, I just remember feeling like, Hey, this is probably like the flu, you know, go away. I was an athlete in high school. I played soccer and I remember starting the season and I was like, yeah, hopefully this, you know, the stomach bug kind of just goes away. So I didn't really say much about it. I was having, you know, just pretty light symptoms for Crohn's disease is, you know, just going to the bathroom a lot. I was losing a little bit of energy, but nothing too crazy. But once it kept going, it you know, first it was a month, then it was two months, then it was three months, and it just kept going and going. And, and I just remember feeling the symptoms kept getting worse and worse. My energy kept going down and down, and I even started to notice a little bit of weight loss as well. My performance in soccer significantly decreased. I just remember, you know, not being able to perform at the level that I was used to performing at. I was very irritable towards the people who I was very close with. And, you know, at that, at age 16, you kind of think, you know, that's just a teenager, you know, he's going through changes, whatever. And, but for me, it was something I didn't want to tell my parents about, you know, these symptoms because they did keep getting worse. You know, I kept going to the bathroom more and more frequently. I was getting cramps. I was losing weight. I, you know, I saw blood, (laughs) you know how it gets, man. It, It can get pretty nasty. And it was something that was very difficult for me to tell my, talk to my parents about just because I was afraid of what it could be. And I honestly, after it passed about the two and a half month mark, I I began to think it was, you know, something 
that was possibly just not fixable at all. And, you know, I think you guys know where I'm going with this. And especially being at that age, you don't want anything to be wrong with you. So you kind of just power through your day. And that's something, you know, I'll kind of talk about later and maybe on another episode as well. But it took a lot. And basically it took until there was an ice storm. I grew up in in New England and there was a huge ice storm in 2009, uh, 2008-2009. And basically we lost power for just about two weeks and I remember we couldn't flush the toilets because my the house I lived in had a well, so you couldn't flush the toilet if there wasn't electricity. And that being said, obviously it's very difficult to hide any symptoms, you know, especially when that revolves around going to the bathroom. So my mom immediately noticed, all my family members noticed, everybody was kind of scared, you know, who, you know, what's going on? And I just remember telling my mom for the first time that, you know, I wasn't doing so well. And it explained a lot to her, I feel like, because she thought it was just something else going on. And I remember going to the doctor. She took me to the pediatrician, and they couldn't they couldn't uh, figure out what was wrong with me right away, obviously. At first, the doctor thought I was lactose intolerant. He took me off lactose for about a month, I think, and... I went so cold turkey on that dairy, off dairy. It was insane. I felt so bad. Like, I felt so ill. You know, I was getting chills. I was having fevers randomly. I was waking, you know. It was just very, very difficult time for me. And I remember just thinking maybe they'll never figure it out. And, you know, I had been seeing this doctor for a very long, a very long time. And he... It was the first time that I feel like he couldn't actually help me. And that feeling made me feel extremely helpless. And basically he, after, you know, doing the month off of dairy, he's like, hey, you're going to go see a gastroenterologist. I remember my mom taking me to this random clinic in the town over from us. And this doctor was doing, I don't know if he had a clinic or what, it, I wouldn't call it a clinic. It was just like he was visiting this other office uh, just, you know, a few days a week. And he was from Mass General. I'll never forget his name. His name is Dr. Biller. Super nice guy. Very good doctor. And I remember going into his office and he was extremely confident that he was going to kind of figure out what was wrong with me at the time and that he was going to make me feel better. This kind of gave me a little bit of confidence going into the whole process, but I was also afraid to figure out exactly what it was that he was going to be looking for. So he was super confident in trying to figure this out, and he let me know that, and it made me feel a little bit better about the situation. However, it was kind of me getting closer to my fears. You know, I had been looking on WebMD at symptoms, which is something you should never, ever do. You know, if you have symptoms like this, just go see your doctor, man, because it's going to save you a lot of stress. Because the stuff I was looking at, man, it, it just it looked like it was going to be something, you know, very, very, very bad. And I had a lot of fear going in. But however, he did decide he was he scheduled an appointment to scope me out, do a biopsy, the whole bit. And I remember doing, you know, going I had to do it at Mass General, which was obviously his main main place of work. And 
I remember going into the hospital and I had never, not from the dentist, not from anybody, I've never been put, you know, down with anesthesia. I've never been given any, you know, I I had never had an IV up until that point. And I remember it was my dad's birthday too. It was St. Patrick's Day. It was my dad's birthday. I couldn't, you know, couldn't even explain the emotions going into it of trying to figure all of this stuff out. But they tried to make me the most comfortable comfortable as they possibly could in that situation and seeing Dr. Biller and him kind of joking around with me before just kind of made me relax but I remember waking up and you know seeing my the look on my parents face you know they had never seen me in that situation being in the hospital you know having to wake up from the anesthesia it's a it was a lot for them and you know they've always been my greatest my biggest supporters no matter what I do and it was it just uh it was just a crazy experience and i remember just kind of being scared seeing them like that seeing me wake up even though i was pretty drugged out of my mind <laughs> but anyways you know i i moving on i went to dr biller's office about a week or two later i had never been into it, the actual office of the doctor i you know usually you go to the table and you know they you sit on the high table and they check you out and they tell you what's wrong with you and they give you medicine but this wasn't an ordinary meeting they were going to tell me exactly what they found and he actually had his assistant tell us about it and then they told me I had Crohn's disease and I just remember originally Dr. Biller had just told me you know he had a great uh pretty big um how do I say this he was very confident that it was ulcerative colitis, and he kind of told us about it a little bit. But when we heard my family and I, we heard Crohn's disease, uh, it was kind of threw us off the rails a little bit. And you know, my first reaction anytime you hear something that has disease at the end, can't be too good. So, you know, we were totally shocked going through this. Emo- my parents and I going through this emotional time together, and we kind of get thrown a curveball, thinking it was going to be something else. Basically, you know, the first question is, what is that? And I remember, you know, her telling me it was very similar to colitis. It's the same family. You know, it's an autoimmune disease. You're, you know, however, instead of just getting inflammation in your colon, you can get inflammation anywhere from your esophagus all the way through your intestinal, your um, digestive tract, which was extremely, just the experience taking it in. I just was so scared. I remember not knowing what my future was going to hold. Was I ever going to play sports again, even just play soccer? Uh, it just, you know, what kind of medications come with that? So many questions came to mind. And I remember her just kind of reeling me back in, saying, you know, uh, you do have more inflammation in your colon. You know, we're going to try it. I personally was always against medications prior and still to now you know if you can take you know the least uh side you know the medication with the least side effects you know you should probably try that first but hey you know they gave me they gave me a super weak drug and it's he i believe it's called a amino salicylate i believe is how you say it <laughs> correct me if i'm wrong and they gave me an antibiotic called flagell for the uh for any type of infection that I had. Colazole is basically just an anti-inflammatory. It doesn't do much harm. 
and they started me out on that and I remember them asking you know if I all these questions you know if I drank if I did all these things and they're telling me you know their diet restrictions do you eat nuts you know they're you know anything I had to avoid any nuts corn yeah, and I couldn't eat nuts, seeds, popcorn, corn, things basically that don't digest very well in your, you know, when you're breaking it down. So, but however, when they did prescribe me the colazole, I actually responded extremely well to it, which was surprising to the doctor as well because, you know, Crohn's disease, you can have inflammation in your small bowel, your large intestine. And it worked very well for me. I went in remission for about a year and a half, I believe. And when I was 18, I obviously graduated high school in that that's kind of spring, summer. And I actually moved to California because I wanted to go to college in California in August of 2010. And basically, basically, I was good through my first year. I went to City College in Sacramento and I did very well. I felt good. And then the next summer, I remember seeing the doctor. I actually went back home around winter break, and I got to uh, see my doctor again. He checked me out. Everything looked good, which was surprising. <laughs> Just you know, not knowing kind of if I was out of the waters yet. And you know, basically they can just tell everything from your blood, your blood work, and you know, doing some basic tests on you. But about in 2011, around August, maybe even earlier than that, July, I started having symptoms again. And this time it was really, really bad. I remember having a fever. You know, it was a little more intense than I had remembered it being when I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. I was just turned, I had just turned 19. And it just seemed a little worse this time, I remember. And, I I feel like when you're at that age, just a teenager in general, you just want to live your life like any other kid or, you know, young person at the time. And I just wanted to carry through my day. And I remember I had a huge family in Sacramento and they'd always ask me, hey, man, you, you okay? Like, what's going on? You don't seem like yourself. And as, you know, me being, you know, all macho and 18, 19 years old, I'm just saying, hey, I'm fine. You know, I got kind of irritable with them and I kind of pushed them away of them kind of trying to reach out to me, which was probably one of the most selfish things I've ever done going through this. But at the same time, it was something it were, they were, I felt like nobody could understand my situation. So I just kind of got, there's nothing really they could do. So I just felt like, you know, them asking was kind of redundant at that point. So. You know, I, I at this point, looking back, I feel horrible about it. But at the same time, I just remember going through it. And just that question, you know, it's like at that point, it's like visibly noticeable that I wasn't feeling well anymore. And it was just it was a hard time. But I remember my just being away from my parents. You know, my mom was always going with me to my doctor's appointments, obviously. And my brother, Luke kind of took over that role of going with me and he's always looked out for me since day one especially when I moved up to California because he lived there maybe six to eight years anyways he had been out there a little bit before I had and finished college and everything and I remember my mom 
you know, flying out when she could, always trying to be there for me. And, you know, it was kind of hard because I was still on my dad's health insurance, which was still, you know, he's still on the East Coast and I'm on the West Coast. And you try to, I remember just trying to last until I would get to go back to Mass General to go see Dr. Biller again. But it got to the point where it got so bad. I remember it was like September or October. It just got to the point where it was so bad that I needed, you know, a doctor immediately. So I went to this doctor and he helped me out. And basically, since that time, I got boosted up. I remember taking prednisone for the first time. And we'll talk about that at a later date. But I had also, I also was boosted up to a, an amino, amino modulator, I believe it's called. I was uh, prescribed 6MP, mercaptopurine, I believe is how you say it. And basically, I just remember you know, seeing the side effects and it scared the living crap out of me. And since that year, since that fall of 2011, I've kind of had a, I've had a flare every single year until 2016. I haven't had one in a year. Uh, in 2016, May, uh, May going into June, I was prescribed Humira and it's been a great treatment for me for the last year, knock on wood. <laughs> but yeah, um, I was able, you know, even though I had flares, I was able to graduate college. I've lucky, I've been so, so lucky enough to not have surgery. And I believe in 2014, I actually started going to a, no, maybe sooner than that, 2012 maybe. I started going, when I visited my parents back east, I would start, I started going to a Crohn's Colitis Foundation um, support group, which my mom's been going to a little bit she's been going obviously when I'm not out there and she had been there a few times before and just the greatest people and going there kind of gave me you know a little bit of security and how I what I had been going through and no just knowing that I wasn't alone and hearing some of these people's stories you know some of them have had it so much you know I don't want to say worse but yeah they've just made me feel humble and very you know, fortunate that, you know, they hadn't gotten to a certain point that they had gotten to. Some of these people had surgeries, multiple surgeries, have tried, didn't respond to any medications, which is, I mean, I couldn't even imagine going through that experience myself. But it's a, it was such a great thing to go to. I remember being super hesitant of going to it at first. It was something I remember kind of holding my mom. I was like, oh, I don't really want to go, you know. What if I'm the youngest person there? All these things, you know, I just wanted to be, you know, like I said before, just kind of want, being that macho guy, just trying to figure out, you know, I just want to be a normal kid. I don't want to do, I don't want to deal with anything out of the ordinary like this. But it was something that I definitely needed to hear and go to. I'm so gl grateful for all those people. And you know, they all reached out to me, hey, here's my number, you know, text me, call me, if you ever have any issues, you know, we're all, it was kind of like, we're all in this together, and just, it made me so happy, and made me feel so much better about my entire situation, but, you know, since graduating college, and, you know, getting things on, it's still, this is still something that I see kids struggle with, you know, I've heard of a few other stories kids who are just older than me even younger than me 
And this podcast is really designed just to kind of be that resource for people who kind of feel isolated and, you know, feel like I did when I was younger or, you know, feel like I used to feel on how, you know, you just feel like you're alone and you don't want to deal with this crap, literally. <laughs> and, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, more content is going to be coming. And, yeah, I can't wait to talk to you guys more. I've gotten into so many different things to help de-stress. Uh, we'll be talking about food journals, meditation, things that can help you, um, di- things with diet that can help. Uh, we'll even be talking about health and fitness, my health and fitness routine, and just how to stay positive through the whole journey of you know dealing with inflammatory bowel uh, diseases. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, this is the first episode. There's going to be plenty more. Talk about numerous better things later. I just wanted to kind of get my story across just so uh, you guys kind of knew who I was and what my background is. But until then, I'll see you guys later. Take it easy.